Yes. Who's opened all their presents yet? What time did you get up? Oh, 6.30. Who's got presents left to unwrap? <laughs> we started on our stockings this morning. We've still got all our presents beautifully wrapped under the tree, glistening. Well, some of them are looking beautiful. All the ones from me somehow look like a crumpled mess of paper and half a roll of sellotape. I just can't wrap presents beautifully. It takes me hours to do even that tangled mess. But the thing is, the wrapping is just that. It's just the packaging. The important thing for me is the gift, isn't it? I know there's some people who are very gifted at wrapping presents, and I'd love that. But really, the important thing is the gift. It's what's inside. Wrapping's just secondary. And I think it's important to remember that this Christmas day in the UK and the 21st and wrapping with Christmas. Christmas today comes with so much packaging and a lot of it is beautiful and wonderful. The, the twinkly lights, the, the, the carols we sing, the wonderful food, the, the company, just the season of goodwill to all men. As Pete was saying last Sunday, it really is the most wonderful time of the year and I love Christmas. I love it. But I suppose the challenge is with all this wonderful packaging amongst all the wonderful festivities, is not to lose sight of the actual gift of what it's all about. That's why I'm so pleased we can have a Christmas morning service. Because it kind of, it really is unwrapping Christmas, isn't it? It's getting to the heart, to the gift. And during our Advent series, we've been looking at how Matthew and Luke really give the detail. They set the scene for the Christmas story. They, they, they give the, the setting wonderfully. But this morning, I want us to look at Galatians 4 very briefly. I'm only going to speak for a few moments because I know everyone's thinking about their turkey in the oven. But Galatians 4, it's almost Christmas unwrapped. This is Christmas in a nutshell. This is the gift. This is what it's all about. Paul says this to the, to the, uh, in Galatians 4, from verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, in other words, at exactly the right moment, not a moment too soon, not a moment too late, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. So you are no longer a slave. This is the Christmas message to you. You're no longer a slave but a child. And if a child, then you're also an heir through God. What wonderful truths at the heart of all the festivities is this incredible truth. God sent his son Jesus. God with us. That's been the theme of our Christmas season this year. To free us from the law that says we deserve death because of our sin. And Jesus took that sentence on himself as we've been started off singing the greatest day in history was when Jesus took that sentence of death upon himself so we could go free. Christmas is a celebration of freedom that Jesus brought. 
through God becoming flesh. It's wonderful, isn't it? Sometimes it's said that the heart of the problem with mankind is a problem of the heart. The heart of the problem is a problem of the heart. And when we look back over 2015, we look at the news stories, it really isn't a very good advert for the human heart, is it? It hasn't been a good year. It never is really as an advert for the human heart. It's full of pride or greed or prejudice or hatred. And yet the beautiful message of Christmas is God didn't just deal with our own sin. He actually dealt with the main problem, and that's our heart. He didn't just forgive us. He went a step further. He actually dealt with our hearts. He healed our hearts. More than that, as we've just read, he gave us his Holy Spirit, the power for us to live the lives that we were born to live. You were created for a purpose, and God has given you His Spirit. And when we receive the gift of Jesus, when we receive it, we're not just forgiven, but we've also been given a new nature, a new heart. And God gives us His Spirit, His Holy Spirit. God with us today, as Rob was talking about a couple of weeks ago. This is what it's all about. This is the gift amongst all the wrapping, amongst all the festivities that we mustn't lose sight of. Because the thing is, the packaging can sometimes be fairly confusing. It can be even off-putting. It can cloud what the real gift is. I think I might have mentioned this a while back, but probably one of the best presents I ever received as a kid came in a very unusual package. I was 14 at the time. It was 1985. Work it out. And I put my hand into the stocking, I felt this box. And I pulled out what was probably the number one gift in 1985. If you were a girl. It was a set of curling tongs. Perfect. In 1985, if you wanted to perfect the Princess Diana hair flick which everyone seemed to have. My sister had the Lady Di hair flick, and truth be told, I probably had enough hair in the 80s to be able to do that, but that's not the point. I was 14 years old, an adolescent, already feeling slightly awkward about my image. It was just plain weird. So I crept into my parents' bedroom and, with all hope, said, has there been some sort of mix-up? Was this, is this present for my sister? Have you just put it in the wrong stocking? Please tell me you put it in the wrong stocking. To which they just laughed. And they said, have a look inside the box. The box is just some protective packaging that we had lying around. And when I put my hand inside the box, I've still got it. I pulled out a vintage chromatic harmonica. Look at that. Which I've still got. It's probably the only... Apart from a Bible I was given, actually, on that same Christmas, funnily enough, it was a good year. Probably the only two things I've got left over from my childhood that I, could, that I still have. Play it. Go on then. I can't play, by the way.
30 years on, I still can't play it properly. Um, but anyway, the, the, the thing is, I nearly missed the gift because of the unusual packaging. I nearly discounted the treasure within because I didn't like or didn't understand the packaging. And today, people still miss the gift of Christmas because they don't get the packaging. They don't understand it. That first Christmas was no different. There's no different. Because God's gift came in a very unusual package. A baby born into poverty, into squalor. This was the king of kings, the promised Messiah. Didn't look much like a king. You know, however we dress up the nativity and give it a warm glow, whether it was in a cave or a guest house, it's where, there was obviously a manger, it was where they kept animals. It would have been riddled with, with mites and lice and mice and every other parasite you can think of. Hardly the best place to give birth. He didn't, it didn't look like the birth of a king. There again, when, when Jesus grew up, he didn't look much like a king either. He looked just like all the other disciples. I don't know if you've picked up in the news and in social media recently, there's been renewed interest in what did Jesus actually look like? And apparently there's been a new photo, if we put the next slide up. The one on the right is the latest attempt at trying to discover what Jesus looked like. They used forensic anthropology, which everybody knows it's what detectives use to try and reconstruct a face or a body. They use bone structures and they use skulls. Obviously, there was no body with Jesus. Why? Because he's alive today. There is no body. He's in heaven with his heavenly father. So what they've done, they've gone back and they've found skeletons and skulls of first century Jews and reconstructed using cultural pointers to try and build up a most accurate picture of what Jesus looks like. You know, it's a far cry from the usual chiseled look of, of Jesus in the movies. You know, he doesn't have Robert Powell's piercing blue eyes and, and sculpted torso. People got really upset by that picture. It's like, oh, that's, that doesn't look like my Jesus. But of course, the truth is, the Bible doesn't tell us what Jesus looked like. Because shocking as it may seem, in our image-obsessed world... It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I mean, one of the only clues, or the few clues we've got, is in Isaiah 53. It actually says that there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. Nothing outward that, that would attract us to him. And yet, of course, Jesus attracted people in their thousands. Why? Because it wasn't his image, it was his identity. It was who Jesus really was. They were attracted to his compassion, to his power, to his words, to his authority. This is what attracted people to Jesus. Outwardly, he looked just like all the other disciples. In fact, we know this because when the time came for his arrest... Judas had to signal to the guards which one he was. You know, he wasn't the one in the white glowing robe hovering above the ground. He was just like them. Judas had to kiss him on the cheek and said, the one I kiss is, is that's him. Because he looked just like the disciples. Truth is, whatever he looked like, 
He was and is the Son of God, God's gift to us. His outward appearance is just the packaging again. It's just the packaging. The gift was his identity, who he was. And time and time again, the Bible tells us that image is so much more important. Sorry, get that right. Identity, just checking you're still awake. Identity is so much more important than image. The world would say it the other way around. They would say, no, no, it's all about the image. It's all about the perception. No, no, it's our identity. And this is why Galatians 4 is so important. Your identity, when you receive the gift, you're a child of God. That's your new identity. It's so much more important than than image or the packaging. It's an important lesson to learn. So really, having said all that, my encouragement is threefold to leave you. I'm going to finish in a few moments. Threefold encouragement. If you're the type of person, which probably is many of us, that love to do Christmas big, you, you do all the trimmings, you, you go to town on Christmas, my encouragement to you is enjoy it, celebrate it, but don't lose sight of the gift within. Don't lose sight of the gift itself, God with us our Emmanuel. And for those who struggle at this time of year, of which there are many, maybe the festivities just remind you of a sense of loneliness. You know, it's the time when you should be joyful and be surrounded by people. Maybe you are struggling with the loss of a loved one, and Christmas highlights that. You know, again, like that hair curling box, when the Christmas packaging is really not what you need right now or what you want right now, don't forget it is just that, packaging. The important thing is the gift, and that gift remains true for you too. Through Jesus, you are a child of God, loved and accepted in him, and that is something to celebrate. That is something to celebrate. And finally, for those who haven't really looked into the Christmas message, for those of you who think, well, it's all there is to it is the packaging, can I encourage you, don't be like my children when they were much younger. And probably like a lot of much younger children. Whether you've got nieces or nephews or your own kids, I don't know what it is, but you spend all this money on a gift and they're more interested in climbing into the box it came in than the gift itself. The gift is left on the side and they're playing with the paper, they're playing with the box, they're making wonderful things in the box and you're thinking, I should have just given them a cardboard box. But my encouragement, if that's you, if that's how you treat Christmas, it's all about the packaging and the festivities and you think that's all there is to it, can I encourage you to look a little deeper? Because all the festivities should point to something greater. The gift inside. The gift inside. The greatest gift you can ever, ever receive. As Michaela was saying, eternal life. Eternal hope. Eternal peace. It's what the world needs right now, isn't it? Through Jesus Christ. Don't miss out on the gift this Christmas because you don't understand the packaging or you think that's all there is to it. Look a little deeper. Do what I did, put my hand inside the confusing box, and you won't be disappointed. When the fullness 
of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem or free us from being under the law so we might receive adoption as children. Because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. What an incredible gift. What incredible love. And as you continue to unwrap Christmas today, keep sight of the gift. My prayer is each one of you will know the joy of being loved and accepted by an incredible God. Amen? Amen. If we could have the band back, I'm just going to pray. Father, we just thank you for sending your son Jesus. We thank you for the freedom that was bought for us through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And I just pray that whatever our Christmases look like today, may we discover the truth of the greatest gift mankind has ever received. Freedom from sin, freedom from death, and into an inheritance, into a sonship, into a daughtership that can never, ever be taken away. We thank you for the joy that you've put in our hearts. We want to celebrate today and every day. God with us. Amen.